but rather if you dedicate your child to God, God instead would bless that child so that he would grow up to become a healthy man that would be able to take care of his family and continue to provide under God's blessing. So everything about dedicating a child to God is good. So these people, rather than dedicating their babies to God, they were giving their children, killing their children in the worst way you can possibly think of, boiling their children alive in the hands of a bronze god that would do nothing for them. Hey, faithful listener, grab your cup of coffee and experience the Bible in a way you never have before. P40 Ministries is a podcast that goes through the Bible cover to cover. It's an awesome narrative that focuses your mind and prepares your heart for God to speak. So join your host, Jen, for a biblical podcast that's hilarious, informative, imaginative, and fun. The P40 Ministries podcast. Listen now as we go through the book of Leviticus. Hey, good morning, friends and faithful listeners. This is Jen with the P40 Ministries podcast. Thanks for tuning in this morning to discuss the scriptures with me. Today, we're actually going to be talking about Leviticus chapter 20, verses 1 through 8. I'll be reading out the WEB version, and we're going to learn a little bit more about who this Moloch is. Yeah, Moloch. (laughs) Interesting God to research about, and also... It made me kind of sick. I'm not even going to lie. But let's go ahead and talk about Leviticus chapter 21 through 8. I'll be reading out the W.E.B. this morning. Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, Moreover, you shall tell the children of Israel, any of the children of Israel or of the strangers who live as foreigners in Israel, who gives any of his offspring to Moloch, shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone that person with stones. I will also set my face against that person and will cut him off from among his people because he is given of his offspring to Moloch to defile my sanctuary and to profane my holy name. If the people of the land all hide their eyes from that person when he gives of his offspring to Moloch and don't put him to death, then I will set my face against that man and against his family and I will cut him off and all who play the prostitute after him and play the prostitute with Moloch from among their people. The person that turns to those who are mediums and wizards to play the prostitute after them, I will even set my face against that person and will cut him off from among his people. Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am Yahweh your God. You shall keep my statutes and do them. I am Yahweh who sanctifies you. So we've heard about Moloch a handful of times before, and I may have given a little overview about him in the past, because I think the first time he was mentioned was earlier in Leviticus, actually. So Moloch already existed by this time period, and he was around for a really long time. Because when you start reading um, the book of like Jeremiah, which is like hundreds of years after this, you will see that the people, the Israelite people, started sacrificing their children to Moloch. So Moloch, who is Moloch, or rather, what is Moloch? 
Moloch was a Canaanite god that had the head of a bull and the body of a man. If you look up a depiction of Moloch, it is truly like the creepiest looking statue ever. I don't understand why anybody would want to worship that thing. It was so creepy looking. And Moloch is a word that actually means king, which was interesting because today I was actually reading, um, what was it? It wasn't Hosea. Man, I never remember all the little prophets, but I'm going through the little prophets right now. I think it might have been Amos. I was reading Amos. And one of the things God said in the book of Amos was that a certain king and all of his people who worship him were going to be, um, you know, uh, destroyed. And this was like many, many years later that the book of Amos was written. But it's funny because in my little notes underneath the word king in my Bible, it actually said this could be referring to Moloch because Moloch was another word for king. So God might have been saying that Moloch and all of his worshipers were going to be destroyed. So Moloch is a really old god. And he was invented by the Canaanite people. Why they worshipped him and what they felt they were gaining from him, I truly don't know. Because a lot of gods were associated with certain things. Like, for example, we see the goddess Asherah a lot in the Old Testament as well. But Asherah was a goddess who apparently would give the people fertility. So she was a fertility goddess and the people would worship her so that they could be more fertile. So that was why Asherah was worshipped. But the god Moloch, the little g-god Moloch, was worshipped for I don't even know why. And there's still not a lot of evidence as to why Moloch was worshipped. And in fact, a lot of people like to say that Moloch doesn't exist. But there was actually an archaeological dig that happened um, a couple decades ago where they kept finding uh, the letters that would be translated to MLK in English uh, on a whole bunch of stuff, which was probably referring to Moloch. So there is evidence for Moloch in our world today with these archaeological digs. So Moloch was, in fact, a little G-god that the people would worship. So our god, the real god, God the Father, hated Moloch. Moloch was the god of burning babies alive. And there is a picture, which is like a rendering. Obviously, we don't have pictures from back in those days, but it's a rendering of what this may have looked like. So this god, Moloch, was a bronze statue. And it was big. It was a big old bronze statue. And it had hands that would uh, come out and like cup. Okay, it would like, if you cup your hands, two hands would come out of the statue and it would look like they were cupping. And so this entire bronze statue would be hollow. And inside the statue, a fire would be built that would heat up the entire statue to like beyond boiling. It was miserable, right? How hot the statue would get. Then in these cupped hands, they would place the firstborn son, the baby, into the hands and the baby would literally just melt to death in the hands of this statue. And it was sick. Like I actually felt queasy after I was reading about it because not only would they melt the baby in the hands of Moloch, but the priests, while this was happening, and this was written in, I believe, the Talmud, the priests of Moloch would start blowing their trumpets and beating on their drums and 
to drown out the sound of the baby's cries so that the heart of the father of the baby would not be swayed. That was their specific purpose. And why that the people back in these days thought this was necessary and thought this was righteous is absolutely beyond me. I don't understand how this could ever be considered righteous. And here's the thing. It was the firstborn son that this would happen with. If you see how important firstborn sons were in the Old Testament and how special the firstborn son, that role really was. We talked about that. We talked about how the firstborn son was the birthright holder, the person who was going to eventually take over the family and support all of them, protect them, take care of them. That was the role of the firstborn son. And we also see in Exodus where God says to his people that all the firstborn children belong to me. God loved the firstborn sons and he wanted them for himself. He wanted them to be dedicated to him, not in the way that people would dedicate their firstborn children to Moloch by burning the baby alive. But rather, if you dedicate your child to God, God instead would bless that child so that he would grow up to become a healthy man that would be able to take care of his family and continue to provide under God's blessing. So everything about dedicating a child to God is good. So these people, rather than dedicating their babies to God, who is going to bless them, protect them, take care of them, nurture them, help them grow up and become strong men, strong family leaders. Instead, they were giving their children, killing their children in the worst way you can possibly think of, boiling their children alive in the hands of a bronze god that would do nothing for them. Absolutely nothing. It was pointless. This was a pointless, disgusting act that the people would do. And I think that's why God was so adamant at the beginning that the firstborn son belongs to me. That's what he said. We already read that a handful of times. The firstborn son belongs to God. Because now we're introduced to this God, Moloch, in Leviticus, where the people are going to be swayed to start following this disgusting image of a bull and sacrificing their firstborn sons, giving their firstborn sons for no reason to this fake God. So that is why God, early on, before Moloch is even introduced, he tells his people, the firstborn sons belong to me. You are not going to give them to Moloch. Isn't that interesting that God took that measure well before Moloch was even introduced to his people? And so I found something kind of interesting. And I don't believe that this is a Christian, um, a Christian site here. So this is funny. It's from RedlandsDailyFacts.com. And it was written by this guy named uh, Gregory Elder. And he is a professor of history and humanities. So here's what it says. He wrote this article for this Redlands Daily Facts about Baal, Ashtoreth, and Moloch. And here's what it says. It's kind of interesting. It must have been a terrifying and tempting thing to the peoples of antiquity when they saw the impressive temples of the pagan gods 
the loud music, the professional priesthoods, and their claims that such blood sacrifices and exotic fertility rites could make the people's lives better. The Hebrew god, by comparison, spent a lot of his career with a solitary ark drawn around in a cart. Later, he had but a few holy places for sacrifice, and in the days of Solomon, these were concentrated into one temple in Jerusalem. But the humble worship of the Hebrew god, who had no images, ritual tattoos, and who rejected child sacrifice, survived. The images of Baal, Ashtoreth, and Moloch are today viewed primarily by bored school children in museums. I just love that. He like hit the nail on the head. That God, the Hebrew God, is a humble God. Without all this imagery and without all these priests blowing their horns, God is a humble God. I think that is so cool. And yet God, the Hebrew God, is the same God you and I still worship today. A centuries old Hebrew God is still the same God we worship today because he is the true God. And obviously, the true God is going to be set apart. He's going to be different. And he was different. And even this man here who wrote this, this professor, this history professor, can tell that God, the Hebrew God, is different, was different than these other gods in the Old Testament that were all about show and, you know, sacrificing of the peoples and this and that. God was different. And that is just so interesting and so funny that even a possibly unchristian man can recognize the difference between our God and the gods of Old Testament. I mean, I just love that. That's so funny. And then even what he says here, the images of Baal, Ashtoreth, and Moloch are today viewed primarily by bored school children in museums. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Like God totally did away with Baal, Ashtoreth, and Moloch. The three main gods we're going to keep reading about from here on out. I mean, we're going to encounter these gods a lot moving forward. And they're just gone. They're gone. And now we just learn about them in uh, history class. Yeah, I mean, it's just so interesting. But moving back to Leviticus 20, God actually says here that anybody who offers their children to Moloch shall surely be put to death. And the people of the land shall stone the person with stones. I think that's a really important thing to recognize here. And you guys might think, oh, that's so harsh. Why would God like command somebody to be stoned with stones? Well, here's the thing. This was a sick, sick thing that people were doing to their children for absolutely no reason at all. You have to remember that. This was for no reason. They were sacrificing their children. And so when God says that the people of the land shall stone that person with stones... This is showing all the people of that land that this is evil, this is wrong, and they shouldn't be doing this. This was a deterrent for every single person that lived in Israel to not go after these foreign gods that actually God says are demons, like the people were worshiping demons. We saw that before. And so this is just a deterrent that the people of the land would see if a person was offering their children to Moloch, everyone in that community would go out and stone that guy because of the fact that he murdered his child. And it says, if the people of the land choose to look away from this, 
It says that God then is going to set his face against that man and against his entire family. And God is going to cut him off and all who play the prostitute after him to play the prostitute with Moloch from among their people. So if the people weren't going to punish this man and his family that did this, God was going to. And God says that if the people turn away, you know, look, look the other direction and let this just keep going. God is going to set his face against his people, which is what ends up happening. Because guess what? The people never stoned anybody from, from sacrificing to Moloch. Not once in scripture that I know of is that mentioned that somebody was stoned for that. So the fact that it never happened, at least that we know of, says something about the people. And it says something about how God knew what his people were going to do as well. Because later on, once they start sacrificing their children to Moloch and they all start following along and doing the same old thing as everybody else, that's when God puts them into exile, his people. And that was when Moloch, Asherah, and, uh, and Baal, that's when those gods are kind of destroyed and done away with as the Greeks came in. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, Romans came in as well and um, kind of did away with all of that. And yeah, I mean, we see in history how this ended up happening and how God is not lying here, that he truly does set his face against his people once they start doing this. So in verse six, it says, the person that turns to those who are mediums and wizards to play the prostitute after them, I will even set my face against that person and will cut him off from among his people. So there's no rule for a person that goes and seeks out a medium or a wizard except for the fact that God is going to set his face against that person and cut him off from his people. That's pretty sad. So God is saying to his people, don't go after mediums and wizards. Don't look for magic. Because I, that's what I said in, I think, Wednesday's episode, was that the only truth is what comes from God. Anything else is a fake lie. It's a fake imitation of God. So God is very clear that he does not want his people following after wizards and mediums, people who are apparently able to tell the future, because that is not from God's lips. So in verse 7, then it says, Sanctify yourselves therefore and be holy, for I am Yahweh your God. You shall keep my statutes and do them. I am Yahweh who sanctifies you. So that right there, God is telling the reason why he is doing this stuff. It's because God is the person who can sanctify us. And you know, the, the word sanctify just is another word that means to be holy, to be set apart. So only God and following God's rules can God make us holy. That's it. And God says, do these things because I am the one that makes you holy. I am the one that sets you apart, makes you different, makes you special and adopts you as my own children. Friends, thanks for tuning in to this episode. It was kind of both sad and interesting to learn a little bit more about Moloch. I did know about Moloch before, but um, in order to do this episode a little bit better, I did research him again. But friends, you know, I just hope you have a really good weekend and you tune in Monday for an episode out of Leviticus. Once again, we're going to be talking more about Leviticus 20 and different rules that were worthy of death. Fun, fun stuff. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you guys, Leviticus 20 is not my favorite uh, 
chapter in Leviticus. It's, it's not. It's not my favorite to talk about, but it's in Leviticus for a reason. So we need to learn about it and see what God has to say. But you know, friends and faithful listeners, Easter's around the corner. So take a look at the Alive Coloring Devotionals. Those are actually uh, devotionals that I wrote and illustrated for you guys last year for Easter. And so I hope you will take a look at them. I'll drop a link to those in the bio of the podcast episode. Friends and faithful listeners, I really hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and that you are blessed by this podcast. Happy listening, and as always, God bless. Bye.